again, and welcome back to another Sunday. This radio program is called To the Saints. My name's R.C. This is Tyrone. This is Andrew. This is Carrie. This is Bridget. And this is Allison. Yeah, see, I'm joined by lovely folks. Hey, uh, this is every Sunday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. Central Time. We're here in Austin, Texas. But it also streams online at thebridge1120.com. That's thebridge1120. Also, take us on your mobile device. You can look in the App Store, iTunes, whatever you have, It's and search for The Bridge 1120 and take us on your, uh, your mobile device there. It's a little app the station has that you can <coughs> listen live and all that good stuff. That's thebridge1120.com. And then also afterwards, we encourage you to check us out at tothesaints.com. And you can listen to the show again. You can read about us, listen to our stories and such. And, um, you know, catch up on what goes along. Follow along on the notes as well. You can even do that now if you wish. Uh, log on to tothesaints.com. And, and you can... <laughs> they are mouthing to me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can talk, you know. Ask questions. <laughs> I say dead people. <laughs> leave you comments. can even leave comments, ask questions. We'll have we have a question we're going to try to get to the end of the show today. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for that. And so, um, yeah, to the saints dot com. Follow along, and here we go. So the last couple of weeks, we started down the yellow brick road with revealing the beginning, the end, and the center which are all Christ, which you've probably noticed is kind of a theme on this show. (laughs) (laughs) So continuing this journey on the Yellow Brick Road today, we are going on a road to Emmaus type of journey. And the road to Emmaus refers to a story in Luke, Luke 24, 13 through 35, where a newly resurrected Jesus meets up with a couple people walking to a city called Emmaus. Um, They don't recognize him, but he goes on to say, that beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So this is basically Christ explaining himself as the fulfillment of scriptures. Nice. Yes. Yeah, and, and another thing, too, we kind of want to, you know, Christ, a lot of the things in the Old Testament, there are a lot of types and shadows. And I kind of want to talk about that for a second and um, kind of open up with Colossians where it talks about, therefore, there's no, there's no one... No one is to judge, um, is act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath because these things, um, which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Yes. And so I guess I kind of want to talk about that just for a little bit to kind of set the tone of how we're seeing this um, and how we're going to explain it. I'll give you a little illustration like a flashlight. I don't know if when you were little you used to have like a, um, a flashlight in the background and then you guys would do like finger puppets on the wall and just kind of acting out little things. Oh, here's a dog. Oh, here's a duck kind of thing. And so, you know, <laughs> or at least some version of that or guessing what it might be that you're making. But just, just to have that illustration in your mind when I'm going to say this is that the physical world um, is only a shadow that leads to the object that it's, that's casting that shadow. And so the shadow is not actually the real object itself. Yes. Um, And the shadow possesses no substance of his own. I mean, we know this. You know, the shadow on the wall is not necessarily your hand. It's a a shadow of your hand. 
Um, so it's empty, and it's only the object that possesses the substance of what it's casting. And so the entire physical creation of the world is only a shadow pointing to the one object that's casting the shadow. And so, and that is Jesus Christ in our, in the way we understand it. So the physical world possesses no substance of his own, but all the shadows of the physical world find its substance in and belong to Christ. He's the one that's casting the shadow. So when you see actually physical bread that you're going to eat, that's just a shadow of Christ. That's hard for our minds to wrap around. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the physical realm to us is what has real substance. Right. We think of the spiritual realm as being this, you know. Wispy. Wi- yes, that's a great word. <laughs> like yeah. wispy sort of, um, I can pass through it without touching anything. Mm-hmm. You know, can pass through the stuff in the physical, in the spiritual realm without pa- touching it. Like just, we, we think of it as lacking substance. Yes. When in reality, it's the true substance of Christ. Yeah, exactly. And this stuff that feels real mm-hmm. is exactly. actually just, just a shadow. shadow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Hebrews 11 mm-hmm. says. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a good picture of that, good illustration is the book, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the mm. first time that it really hit me that, oh, maybe the spiritual realm is more real. Because how he describes real. this is that, yes. you know, even walking on grass in his, in, in the book, like hurt his feet because it was more solid, more real than the grass that we walk on Mm. here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to point some of those things out to you um, today as we walk along um, the yellow brick road of Christ. Yes. We're going to trace this pathway of Christ through various highlights given in the different testimonies. Um, But I also want you to take a look to see if you can hear about a hidden character through this one story and see if you can discover who it is. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a treasure hunt. It is a treasure hunt. See if you can find out who else we're talking about. Which is a hint, too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. So now let's follow the yellow brick road and cross over to the bridge into that glorious city. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> follow the yellow brick road? Yes, that's what we said. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> Who are Follow these the guys? yellow brick road. <laughs> follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick, follow the yellow brick, follow the yellow brick road. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> I actually was a munchkin no in the Wizard of Oz play in in middle school. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> so which one of those were you? Oh, heaven. I don't know, yellow bit Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely that one. <laughs> All right. Well, we've started, uh, you know, as, as the ladies mentioned, Carrie and Allison, um, mentioned at the beginning how we have started on this yellow brick road. We've actually kind of outlined... For you, the start of the road and the end of the road, <clears throat> as we know it, and um, <laughs> then uh, kind of the center, the source of that road, which is all Christ. And I love how Austin said, which is a theme of this show, if you haven't <laughs> noticed yet. And uh, we've mentioned the start before, and so I won't go into it big because we do have <laughs> – it's, it's a long road. It's, it's a long road to get down. Uh, but we start in the garden, of course. Which, when I was looking at this again, 
uh, we've talked about last week how Jesus said, I am the beginning and the end. Either last week or the week before, we have talked about Jesus saying that, I am the beginning and the end. And how does Genesis start out? In the beginning. Jesus says, I am the beginning. So it, it, it was one of those, yes, in Christ, mm-hmm. he created mm-hmm. all this. Yes. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. we have all these other scriptures that we've gone through, uh, talking about how everything is made in him, by him, through him, for him. And um, so in the beginning, in Christ, this garden was created. And so even within that, there's a lot in the garden. Um, obviously, you have the tree of life, which we talked about last week, and that being the source of life, um, being a shadow, a representation of Christ, and um, who is our life. And uh, also, if as we look through Genesis 1 and 2, if you look, there's... Uh, uh, building material, or what we call building material, there's gold and there's bdellium or, or pearl and there's onyx and different precious stones, which um, if you follow it through, and, at, and and even in Revelation at the end of it all, there is the, those same materials yes. are there again. Yes. And um, those are representative, of course, again, of our Lord Jesus Christ, yes. which is so wonderful that... God the Father put in all these different, as Carrie said, types and shadows to point to the source, the real thing. So in the beginning, God created, right? So there was male and female. He created He created Adam, the first man, if you will. And he had to put him to sleep because there was no suitable, suitable helper found for him. Yes. Made, him made him to sleep and then pulled from... His side, there was a, back in Florida, there's a uh, barbecue place called Adam's Rib. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good barbecue. And so from Adam's Rib comes... Not barbecue. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Something a little bit more better, a little bit better than that. You can say more better. (laughs) More better. better. (laughs) Uh, Eve, whoa, man. Whoa, man. And so, um, which... Is just a reflection. We'll get to that another, yes. later. But um, so here comes woman, right? So now we have male and female, and of course the um, commission, if you will, the command to be fruitful and multiply, to have dominion. All this, all representative, because we've we've been through the we went through the scripture in our previous program. Who has dominion now? Christ. 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 You guys can answer out loud. That's fine. <laughs> Christ. Hey, yeah. Allison coming through there. And so, uh, yes, Christ has that dominion. So and so even in creation, that us having dominion is a picture of Christ having that dominion mm-hmm. because it is his, the authority and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Yep. Yes. And so, yeah. um, you know, if you want another resource on that, what what is this? The nine reasons the Garden of Eden was a temple? Who wrote that book? Right. I mean, yeah. the, the book he's talking about is the blog author is Derek Rish Mawi. There you go. And the book is titled New Testament Biblical Theology, The Unfolding of the Old Testament in the New by G.K. Beale. There you go. Uh, we haven't read that entire book. <laughs> so we, it's true. Our disclaimer is we cannot <laughs> agree or Tyrone disagree. Has. With that whole book. <laughs> You've read that entire book? Yes. Oh, well, I, I found, guess. I found that it was really helpful. Um, 
the article, you know, put the link up, but was helpful <laughs> for me was seeing uh, the garden as a temple. Yeah. And you have Adam as a type of uh, priest. Yes. Yes. And Adam is in the garden. Uh, he's with Eve. The Lord's coming to the garden. He's walking with Adam in the cool of the day. Uh, we, so we see this communication mm-hmm. happening. We mm-hmm. see this worship happening. Dwelling together. Dwelling in Man the garden. Man dwelling with God. Right. He's also a king, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's so much in that. Yeah. All right. We see the, the purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And, um, you know, Genesis 2.15 says, Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. So you have this idea of um, abiding and dwelling and yes. worshiping and fellowshipping, all these things in the garden. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. Good, good. That's wonderful. Yep. So I, uh, I have uh, one so that's moving on down the road. Moving on down the yellow <laughs> brick road of Christ. <laughs> Well, ease on down the yellow road. So I uh, was seeing Christ in the flood and the ark, more specifically the ark. Uh, it's a, a pretty familiar story where uh, the earth is wicked and God says he's going to destroy the earth and all that. And then he um, wants to start over. That's basically the premise is he wants to start over and seeing Christ as the ark, which is Christ, the new beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so the ark is Christ, a revelation from God, because that's where it comes from, mm-hmm. God. So the ark is also both divine and human because mm-hmm. the vision and plans of the ark come from the Father who yeah. is in heaven, nice. which means it is divine. Mm-hmm. The makings of the ark or the, the, the elements that are used to build the ark is wood and some other things, which means human. It speaks to the humanity aspect, Christ, both divine and human. Mm. The ark is also for the atoning of sin and judgment and passing through death. Mm. And this is 40 days, by the way. It's similar to the 40 days that Jesus is in the wilderness and all the things are falling off of him except just the Father's will and purpose. Amen. So the flood waters are death. And there's also this thing called pitch. In in um, the story, mm-hmm. and the Hebrew word is kifur. That's where the word Yom Kippur comes from, which uh-huh. is a covering or a seal or day of atonement. So, mm-hmm. the ark passes through the waters of death, mm-hmm. um, and after the waters subside, after the, the ark passes through the waters of death, it comes to rest on a high mountain or high place. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that speaks of the high places or the heavenly places, and is also the place from which the new creation is released. Amen. Amen. They come out and there's that repeated <laughs> promise again, be fruitful, uh-huh. multiply, replenish, subdue, mm-hmm. have dominion. Yes. And there's also some else. There's more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, bring it. The ark uh, was built to house yes. a specific people. Mm-hmm. It's, that's that, that mystery we're talking about where mm-hmm. they would, that people would eat dwell, rest, and tend to the new creation. Mm-hmm. And it also carried within it the hidden ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll just stop right there with the hidden ones. We'll, <laughs> All right. And we'll, later we'll, we'll find out what those hidden ones are. All right. He's, the, on He's on down. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that is such a beautiful shadow 
yes. type yes. of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then also just another thing that I, I remember standing out to me the first time I heard this in a new way was the dove. Yes. Mm-hmm. The dove that is sent out. Um, and then you have after Christ comes up out of his baptism. The dove landing on him, oh, yeah. yes. the land, yep. the, the new land, the, the new beginning, the, the land coming up yeah, out of the water, out yes. of death. Yep. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think for me, you know, just looking over in preparation for for this um, this time on the radio, <laughs> um, <laughs> this seeing, episode. seeing uh, Noah as a type of priest also yes. was uh-huh. revealing to me. All right, because he was a righteous man, yes. and, and the Lord called him. And by faith, he builds this thing that he yeah. had never seen. Yep. Right. Yes. And he just followed and trusted what the Lord gave him as yes. instructions. Mm-hmm. By revelation. By yes. revelation, in spite yeah. of, you know, family, all the people in the city, you know, were saying negative things about what he's doing. And, um, you know, it'd been so easy for him just to question yeah. what is going on. Yes. Yes. I'm, yeah. Maybe I rain, didn't hear right. Maybe hard. I didn't What is understand. this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, what is so, so Noah, as a, as a type of priest, <laughs> was, was really revealing to me. And then also this pitch, um, really, later we'll talk about um, Israelites in, in Egypt and how they had to cover their door with this yes. um, t- protection. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that was, that was really Seal. kind of mind-blowing to me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I also said in Peter, first Peter, he was a preacher of righteousness, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. That's good. All right. Saints, we're currently going through a, we're taking the story of basically the Bible (laughs) and revealing, uh, you know, we, we, those just joining us, we talked about the road to Emmaus and how Jesus was walking with these two disciples and started, starting with Moses and the prophets, revealed himself in the scriptures. And that's what we're attempting to do here is to go back through these stories that we know and we've heard many times. But to see it through the lens of Christ and see Christ in all this, yes. and, um, and there's, then, so, I mean, there's so much that we could yeah. could draw out. Yeah. We, you know, this radio yeah, program would kind of go on yeah. and on and be like twenty four <laughs> seven radio. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, I you know, in college, I had uh, friends, not myself, that read Cliff Notes of books. Sure, not yourself, not Andrew, not the ones that for a friend. <laughs> and uh, the cliff notes is what we're attempting to do. So there's yes. so much more in between the cliff yes. notes. Yes. So yes. Uh, my friends didn't do well in their book reports <laughs> when they just tried to use the cliff notes. Gotcha. But you did well. <laughs> well yeah, yeah. Of course, I did well. But <laughs> it's a positive. <laughs> Good. So glad to know that. That's awesome. Yes. Now we're easing on down the road. Oh. Yeah. Yes. yes um, so after the flood, we have a span of time where the earth is being repopulated. And we know that God has made a promise to never flood the earth again. Yes. And the sign of that promise is beautiful rainbow. Um, but yes. then we find humanity now building themselves a city and a tower to stretch to the heavens. Um, and... As I was looking at this, um, it was just that reminder of how, I mean, basically, God flooded the earth because humanity had the wickedness, like you said, but also Mm -hmm. had rejected his purpose. And we see them doing it again. (laughs) 
here at the Tower of Babel. So Genesis 11, 4 says, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Um, And so... We see R.C. talked about in the garden being the building materials, the gold, pearl, and precious stone. And we see in Revelation that those materials have been formed into something. Yes. They've actually been formed into a city. Yes. Because God is after his own city. Yes. Um, And here we see man saying, I'm going to reject my purpose of partnering with God, living in oneness with God, and being a participant in building his city. And I'm now going to build... We're going to build our own city mm-hmm. apart from God. Um, and then we have them building a tower whose top will reach into heaven. Um, and I, I used to read that in correlation with, and let us make a name for ourselves, with the idea being um, that they wanted to be famous for this tall tower. Okay. That, that was my idea of making a name yeah. for themselves, <clears throat> that they wanted to be known and impressive by building this tall tower. And I have no doubt that there was an element of that in there. But um, I had I had two new thoughts. Um, and one is that a part of their desire for this tall tower, a tower that reaches into the heavens, is man's attempt yeah. to seat themselves where they're meant to be seated in the heavenly places. Man's attempt actually to save himself. Yeah. Human because, effort. Yes. If they could build a tower tall enough, yeah. then if God ever flooded the earth again, they would not be destroyed. Right. Even though God had promised to never flood the earth again. <laughs> right. So, there, so there's some unbelief. By this yeah. time, yes. Mm-hmm. They have already forgotten or yes. cho- chosen to not believe him. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to build this tower so that we can save ourselves if God ever decides to destroy us again. Yeah. Um, but the other idea was this making for ourselves a name. And I thought about how when a husband and wife get married, the wife usually takes the husband's name. Yeah. Now, I want to stress really quick. This is not a thing. It's not a law. If you are a wife and you did not take your husband's name, that is not a big deal. Um, <laughs> you're a sinner. You're going there. No, I'm just, kidding. just kidding. He is very much kidding. This is not a law. Um, but usually the wife will take the husband's name, and it is as a symbol of the oneness. They have become now one person, mm-hmm. essentially. And so the same thing with God and man. Man was always intended to have God's name, mm-hmm. to live in oneness with God. Yeah. And here we see man saying, I want my own name. Yes. I want my own independent name. Mm-hmm. I We are going to make for yes. ourselves a name. Mm. So it wasn't – I don't think it was so much about being impressive and famous, mm-hmm. having a name that everyone knows. I mean I'm sure there was that – they wanted their own name to be known. But they wanted it apart from God. Mm-hmm. They wanted our own name. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then finally humanity did not want to – fill the earth as they were um, yeah. commanded to do. Yeah. We don't want to be scattered abroad the earth. Yeah. Yes. Um, they dangerous. thought that yeah. their, having their own city and their own name would be their unity and would yes. keep them unified. But what they missed was and, and what we now have through Christ, because if I would have been in that time, I'm sure I would have been missing it as well. Um, what we now have in Christ is that our name in him is our unity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And his city is literally going to fill the earth. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. yes. 
It's not going to be a city over there in Jerusalem that us in America have to travel, you know, right. thousands of miles to get to. His city is going to fill the earth and oh, his name man. is going to be our unity. Right. <laughs> I think it brings up an important thing that um, we've, we've talked about before, but we just want to continue to stress is we have these counterfeit things mm-hmm. that are that the the uh, the accuser of the brother and the enemy yes. creates yes. that try to mimic Mm-hmm. What the Lord has, yes, and Literally, in ourselves yeah. we have, we have this draw this to this counterfeit system, these yep. these counterfeit things. So this is an example of a a counterfeit city. Yes, yeah, yeah. God's city being the real city, right? Yes. Any other city being the counterfeit, right? Yes. Right. right, Which which is a good and nice thing because it's a picture of the real thing, but it's not. Still, the thing, the thing, yes. Yeah. And so we can get caught up in all these. Oh, but it's a beautiful picture because it's just like God, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. not from God. Right? It's not God. It's might be like Him, but it's not yeah. from Him. Yes. yes. You know how you go to the store and you get the authentic thing, the the name brand thing, and they got <laughs> like, the generic you thing. Get the real fruity pebbles. Sometimes you're there. like. Yeah. The generic Fruity Pebbles, no. they do know. not it, taste it the same. It does not work. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even always look the same. No. Yeah, our son just did that with Frosted Flakes. He I did. bought him the generic, this big old bag. Oh, I love Frosted Flakes. And I'm like, why aren't you eating it? He goes, it's not the same. It's, the real <laughs> it's not. I'm like, it's you not the real eat thing. it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was like, I don't mm-hmm. like it. It's not. doesn't it taste does like the taste Kellogg's. Like the, the original, flakes. the authentic. Yeah. That's anyway, funny. I know, right? That's, uh, That's good. All right. Hey, before we ease on down the road, we want to take a quick break and yeah. and give the people a chance to breathe. And <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Ooh, that's a little loud. We'll be back here. You're listening to To the Saints. Again, we encourage you to listen online after the program, tothesaints.com. Check out the notes online. Leave questions. Man, I didn't see that in the story. We'd love to hear you say that as well. That'd be awesome. We're easing on down the yellow brick road. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Hey, welcome back to the Saints. Glad to have you tuned in. We're easing on down that yellow brick road of stories throughout Scripture, uh, tracing Christ through all that, plus a mystery character. If you guys are paying attention out yeah. there, there's a mystery one. My name's R.C. This is Tyrone. This is Andrew. This is Carrie. This is Bridget. This is Allison. And I'm going to take us on uh, talking about Abraham and Isaac a little bit right now. All right. So, yeah. Um, so Abraham is another story of God starting over. We talked about that with Noah a little bit, um, making something new again. Um, and so... After the Tower of Babel, the nations were dispersed mm-hmm. by God, um, but he did not destroy them. Instead, he chooses a man from among them, um, from whom he will bring a people to himself. Nice. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yes, God is looking for a people to call his own, and he wants to give them a land. And we already sort of mentioned that Christ is the land. Yes. Mm. So there's one reference. Um, but I liked this, um, the the first place where we see the Lord speaking to Abram. I'll read that Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great 
so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So I saw Christ in this um, for the first time actually looking at it the other day, um, that I could imagine God the Father saying to his son something similar, um, go from my house, his father's house, Mm -hmm. to the land, earth, Mm -hmm. that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. He is the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Yes. And I will bless you and make your name great. We know that eventually every knee will bow, that he is filling all things, Mm -hmm. that he is the summation of all things. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Because everyone is invited to come pledge allegiance to this king and come into this kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. so right there, the Lord's speaking to Abram, but it's almost like he could be saying that to his son at a, at a different point. Yes. yes. I also liked um, seeing Abram uh, building these altars to the Lord and just that reference of um, altars being a shadow of the cross. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of laying something down, sacrificing something which is what Christ did, of course, for us on the cross. Um, Christ's crucifixion was the ultimate and final sacrifice. So whenever you see an altar in the scriptures, you can see the cross, the crucifixion mm-hmm. there as well. Um, and, of course, where Abraham builds that first altar is where he ends up living in Canaan, which I think is interesting, which yes. is where um, the temple ends up being, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, And also the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham is willing to sacrifice his only son. Um, I mean, he had Ishmael, but he was sent away at this point, Mm -hmm. just as our father gave up his son as the final sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, Abraham was also certain that God would fulfill his promise through Isaac. So he's willing to do the unthinkable. He's willing to sacrifice his son Mm -hmm. following the will of God. Yep. And Jesus was also certain that his father would fulfill his promise. So he does also something that we would consider unthinkable and sacrifices himself Mm -hmm. to take on sin and corruption, the condemnation of the law, the old nature of man, all while being separated from the life of his father that he had been living by. Mm -hmm. And he did that also to follow the will of his father. So it kind of brings us to um, from... Um, Abraham sacrificing, being willing to sacrifice Isaac on the mountain to Jesus in a garden, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. That's good. That's wonderful. Thank you, Alice. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more to Abraham and, yeah. I, and even more to yeah. Isaac. We could go into spend weeks on Isaac, too. With, um, but that's. Again, just the highlights. That's good. Yeah. We see God getting his desire met in Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. Yes. That even Abraham laid down the promise that God had given him. Mm -hmm. Yes. God had Mm -hmm. given him this promise that he would be, um, you know, a nation would come from him that would bless all the other nations. And here's this child of promise. And now the Lord's saying, okay, sacrifice this child of promise yes i mean abraham could have said no this is the child of promise you promised me i'm not going to sacrifice him yeah but he he unlike mankind with the flood (laughs) believed the lord Mm -hmm. trusted him said all right whatever you say lord yes 
which is wonderful, too, because at the same time, it says he actually considered that God was even able to raise up the promise from the dead mm-hmm. also. <laughs> Just like Jesus was raised up from the dead. Yes. Because oh, <laughs> we know that Jesus is the promise. He's the promise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I guess we're moving up or down. <laughs> Whatever way you like to go on the road. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Jacob. <clears throat> and um, Jacob and his ladder. I know, right? And so we, this is in Genesis. This is Genesis twenty-eight eleven through 12. Um we you know see him come into a certain place and he spends the night there um and he takes the stone and he places it under his head and he's laying down and then he has this dream and he's, behold the ladder um was set on earth with its top reaching the heaven and behold the angels of god were ascending and descending on it and behold the lord stood above it and said i am the lord the god of your father abraham the God of Isaac and the land on which you lay, I will give to you and your descendants. And so, you know, he, you also see this played out in John too, where Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He says, um, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. And so he's there saying, I, I am the fulfillment of that ladder. And what that ladder is, is, he is bringing um, heaven, who is God, to earth, which is to man. So he's bringing God to man. He is bridging heaven and earth so God can be and dwell with man. And Christ is the ladder who also brings all the resources from heaven to earth. It is on that ladder in which everything that contains within God is available to man. Yes. Um, and so Christ is that ladder that... Um, or that gateway for that, allow that to happen. And he's actually the one that holds both of these realms together, forever linking them. Yes. You know, like he holds all things together. He is holding heaven and earth together, so everything is available from God to man, actually unto himself through man. Yeah. And so, you know, we see him saying he is the fulfillment of that ladder. There's also an interesting part when he, um, about the stone, um, he, you know, when J- you know, Jacob wakes up from his dream and he said he thought, surely this is, you know, the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't aware of it. Um, and he was actually quite afraid and says, how awesome is this place? This um, none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So yes. early the next morning, he took up that stone and he placed the stone that he had placed under his head and he set it up as a pillar. And he ended up pouring, pouring some oil on it. And he called this place Bethel. Um, which means house of God. Mm-hmm. Um, then Jacob came up saying a vow, if God will be with me and watch over me on this journey that I'll be taken, provide me with food, food, you know, clothes, all that stuff and safety, then the Lord um, will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be the house of God. And you know, I just want to say some of this point. <clears throat> when you see the house of God, when you see the eternal purpose, you are ruined. And at this point, Jacob yes. is ruined. Yes. yes. He's ruined. And he's, he's, he's ruined in a good way. Right. Um, and so he is, okay, I'm, you're, the, you're the Lord, and I'm going to set up this, and we're gonna, I'm going to do this um, with you. And so Christ is the stone, too. You know, we kind of see a lot of these flavors you'll hear, you know, like in Matthew, Matthew 16, 8, I am the rock upon which this church will be built. Yes. 
you know, um, and in Corinthians, you see there's no other foundation but Christ. You know, he's that foundation stone. Um, all the fullness dwells with him. And even you hear in Peter, in Second Peter, um, he becomes or is or has been predicted to be, and he is obviously now coming out in the New Testament, um, the chief cornerstone or that pillar. He is that pillar stone, and he has, he's the one that has been anointed as the resting place of God. Yes. He is God's Bethel. Yes. Um, and so we see this actually all played out when he comes down and he, you know, says, you know, all the fullness dwells in Christ, um, God's Bethel. And he is also the building material for God. Yep. You know, he's the one that is that he's going to bring the resources of gold, you know, all the things that are of the Lord. He's making them available to himself to actually build something. Yes. And we'll see how that gets played out um, a little later and what we have mentioned as a city. Nice. Dude. <clears throat> Wonderful. <I> know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you, you, and you just maybe told a fraction a of that. A fraction. That's only like a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, my goodness. That's just to whet your appetite. <laughs> oh, you know, I think the, one of the fun things that really <laughs> struck me, not necessarily about this, but this idea that Christ was in all things, mm-hmm. like there was a, a, a switch flipped in me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it became this, where's he at in this? Oh, well, how is he feel this? And how is he in this? And so, you know, the Lord giving us that curious nature, mm-hmm. yes. you know, to be able to go explore him is really using it towards that. It's like, oh, I'm going to be able to look at anything. You know what it reminds me of? <laughs> you know, in the movie, um, uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the guy, you know, the father's like, you know, somebody throws out a word and he's like, I know the Greek for that. Like he knows I know the source, you know, and he's trying to expound upon how it came from the Greek and he'll even to the extent make it up probably. (laughs) But it just made me think of that. He's like, and and that's kind of how we become with Christ. It's like, just show me any object and I will find Christ in it. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I I can show you how Christ is in this object. or I can see see how he's the fulfillment of this object. Even something as simple as a, you know, a pencil or whatever, you know, it's just, you know, it's just fun. It's, It's just a different mindset from what we grew up with. Well, that reminds me of our brother Tim, <laughs> who sees Christ in just about anything and yeah. everything. And Shout out to Tim. Yeah, we'll bring him on sometime. Yes, we will. So he can show us Christ in <laughs> everything he sees, which is wonderful. Oh man! So from there, easing on down the road, easing on along the road. Is that a good way to go along? Or skipping? Or, you can skip <laughs> yeah. or jump. Crawl, <laughs> hopping. <laughs> like the kids never like to try to get to just walk someplace. They have to either do it some fanciful yes. style. So walk however you way. want to walk yes. down this road. Or All right. Get We're getting down, down there. Yep. So but then, oh, man, I mean, we've, we've skipped ahead, obviously, a little bit to get to this part. <laughs> a little bit. So something happens in Israel. Well, they get taken, taken somewhere <laughs> out of their promised land. And down to Egypt, captivity in Egypt. And uh, why, 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 why did they go to Egypt, Tyrone? That's a good question, uh, Andrew. (laughs) 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 I mean, I think it's you know just important to to underline. We have this promise of God to to Abraham, and we have a chosen people, the Israelites. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, A chosen people. Yes. these, These people are chosen. Set apart. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the problem is... They're not choosing God they're back. They're not choosing him back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. 
they're a chosen people by God, but they're not choosing God. And so God says, all right. He's, he allows them to be captured, taken to Egypt. But in this captivity in Egypt, he's, they are still his chosen people, and he hears them. So he calls someone out. Someone we all know. Yes. Personally. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> yes. Don't we know Moses? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew a Moses. I was a little late on the uptake there, but yes, I know Moses personally. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So he calls Moses out of Egypt, and there's another 40. 40 seems to be a number, because isn't he in the wilderness for 40 years? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, uh, so Moses, who was raised in... If you don't know the story, there's a movie called The Ten Commandments. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> or The Prince of Egypt. That was actually kind of fun. Yeah, yeah that was. But um, obviously, they even say they took some artistic license with some of that. But um, So Moses was raised in the house of Pharaoh, but then um, God calls him out. And there's the whole burning bush um, scene where um, this is where Moses says, who are you? And he says, I am that I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so you, we know the story of Moses coming out and then going back, let my people go. We could sing that song, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, uh, let my people go. And we mentioned, you mentioned a while ago or earlier the pitch and how we were going to get to this Passover. And there was blood painted, s- spread, smeared across the top of the doorpost there which is uh, set as a seal that these guys within this dwelling were safe, yeah. protected, covered. And, of course, being the blood of the Lamb, we say that a lot, yeah. covered in, by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. Jesus is in that. That, that's, that was just, that was our first, I guess you will, uh, maybe not our first, but that was... Um, because we had we had the the ram with Isaac and J- and um, Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, the sacrificial lamb, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, and here is a picture of that for the Israelite nation to be called out and saved from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's important to to underline. People, the Israelites, they're in captivity in Egypt. They're crying out to the Lord. He hears their cry. He calls Moses, who has been placed there. He he. This is predicted in Genesis that they're going to be in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he speaks to Moses mm-hmm. at the bush, like you said. Moses goes back to Pharaoh. They have the plagues. Neither place. <laughs> <laughs> and um, after the, the last one where they, the Israelites cover their doorposts with, with the blood, the angel of death comes. Those who have been covered by the blood are saved from death. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Physical. Physical death. Physical death. And then this just turns the heart of, of the Egyptians to let the Israelites go. And so when the Israelites get ready to go, you know, I'm thinking, oh yeah, there's there's a couple, a couple people that are going, maybe a couple hundred. That's a lot of people. Sure. But Exodus 12 <laughs> talks about 
Exodus twelve thirty five says, Now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, for they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. Then it talks about, And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they let them have the request, thus they plundered the Egyptians. And now the sons of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth, about 600,000 <laughs> men on foot, aside from the children. So you have 600,000 men on foot. Okay. That are they're leaving Egypt. Uh huh. That's just the men. <laughs> That's just the men. <laughs> and they're they're women and chilling, <laughs> coming with them. And then they reach they reach a river that they have to uh, do something about. Yes. They have to cross that river. They gotta, <laughs> <laughs> That's what they have to do about that. Or uh, see. Yes. Or see. <laughs> well, sure. Well, there's or two places they have to cross. Yes. Mm-hmm. The first one is, and, and it was colored. It was the colored sea. <laughs> the Red Sea, yes. And so Moses raises his staff and commands the water, and it parts, and Israelites cross on dry land. That sounds familiar it about some do, yeah, do, commanding do, seas. Do, do, uh-huh. yeah. mm-hmm. Commanding seas? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody commanded What the manner seas? of man is this? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even the wind and the waves of the yep. But then, obviously, the Israelites did not make it across. Not the Israelites. I mean, the Egyptians. The Israelites made it across. <laughs> they made it across. The Egyptians We're not rewriting not the story. Make it across. <laughs> <laughs> We're not taking artistic license with this. <laughs> and, um, and then they get up. They cross, I mean, Basically, how long did it take them? 13 days? What, what was the time? I don't, I don't remember. Oh, I was hoping it took some time. It took, it took them a short amount of time to get out of Egypt to where the Lord was leading them. Yeah, it was going to be a quick oh, trip. Quick it was supposed trip. to be. Yes. But. They passed through death. They get there. They did pass through death. The, the waters. waters. Yes. To get to this promised land, this land of life flowing with milk and honey. Every every resource we could want in abundance is in this land. And so they get up to this land and it's occupied. Well, I mean, there's a, a little bit of time in, in the wilderness. Well, it's a short time at first. Mm-hmm. And then they get there, and they send in these spies, right? The twelve, mm-hmm. yep. and all of them come back, With a, a and two of them are like, "Dude, we can take this. The Lord has given us this land. We can do it." And ten of them say, "No, we can't. There's giants in that land. We're like grasshoppers in their sight." Yes. And so the Israelites vote for the ten. Or vote with, they don't really vote, but they're like, no, we don't want to take it. No, don't let us go. Who were those? So those two, there were two of them, Caleb and Joshua. Yes. So Caleb and Joshua, ready to believe the Lord and ready to go into the promised land at this time, had to wait. Mm-hmm. They believed the Lord's promise. Yes. It said, it said Caleb had a different spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes. He had a spirit of faithfulness and not fear. Mm-hmm. But yet he, they... They had to go with the Israelites. They couldn't go in by themselves. They right. couldn't go in one at a time. They had to enter in as a nation, yeah. yes, as a people, a called, chosen people. Yes. Corporately. Yeah. Corporately. Mm-hmm. But they chose not to at this time. So even though they wanted to go on, they had to wait. And then there was this other 40 years, 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 not 40 days. Years. Years. In the wilderness, grumbling and complaining, and I think with with going along with what we're talking about today, it'd be great to how can we see Christ in the wilderness? 
Oh, that's yeah. a good man. That's that's a couple shows. Yeah, we'll have to go back to our friend Cliff and look at his notes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What does Cliff have to say? I mean, you have the in the wilderness, the Israelites. It's a strange land. They don't they don't have jobs there. There's you know, they have to totally depend on the Lord. Yes. Shut down to nothing. Yes. Yeah. And the Lord provides manna. That they can have, but it's only enough manna for that day. So there, you know, there's still ways that they're right. even still dependent on the Lord day to day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Lord is is guiding them. Mm-hmm. There's a yep. we have a pillar pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Yep. So the Lord's with them. He hasn't abandoned them. Yes. No. He hasn't left right. them, even though they're not entering into His land that He wants them to. Right. Yep. And so we we definitely have, we definitely can see Christ. Is in this this picture yes. of the wilderness. I mean, later on in the story, we'll see Christ going into the wilderness. Oh yes, but, mm-hmm. but right now we have the Israelites. They're in the wilderness. The Lord hasn't left them. He's providing for for their daily needs. They're completely dependent on Him. Yep. And there's even a rock yep. that follows them. Mm-hmm. A rock that provides water. Yep. Water. Mm-hmm. A moving rock. Yes. A rock providing that provides water. water. Yes. A rock. Yeah. Hmm, Moving around that? isn't odd enough. Yeah. <laughs> water's going to flow from water. it. <laughs> Almost has to speak to it. When you speak to it. Yeah. And you and fellowship water. with it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But then there's one time where Moses gets mad at the Israelites. And he smokes it. And he takes his beater, <laughs> his stick, and he beats that rock. Which there's another picture. Because now the rock that was struck. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Water flowing from a struck rock. There's another yep. Picture yes. that we'll see later on, <laughs> a rock that has been struck with water flowing out. So there's a lot. I mean, yes, I think that was even Cliff's little brother, mm-hmm. Clyde. <laughs> Those were his notes. <laughs> or Floyd. <laughs> Whatever Floyd sounds good. Yes. But after the 40 years, you know, the, the Lord uses Joshua. Yes. Yeah. To take, he won't let Moses go. Right. Yeah. To take his people into the promised land, into the Canaan land. The Canaan land. And they they come to another river that they have to cross. Yep. To get to this promised land, the Jordan River. And they cross into the they cross the Jordan River, they get into the promised land, and there's something that has to happen for them to be set apart again. Yes. There's a circumcision. Oh man. Come on, now you're and talking. So now they, they have to be circumcised. <laughs> In the promised land to be set apart. Yes. yes. Because apart. they've been in Egypt and then they were in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. But they're still God's chosen people. Yes. But he's called them to be set apart. To be set apart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. To be unlike the world. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's another thing that also happens is when they get to this promised land, the daily manna stops. Yes. Yep. You, why does it stop? They have no need of that because now they are in the land. The land. All the riches that are in this land. Grapes the size of basketballs. Yes. Wow. Dude. Yeah. Which is scriptural, right? That's what it says. (laughs) (laughs) And they carried out grapes the size of big round rubber balls. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. So, 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 yeah. There's a a set-apartness in that. A, a, a choosing, a calling out, which was part of Abram mm-hmm. and Abraham. Mm-hmm. He was called out of the land of Ur. Yeah. Or Chaldea. 
something significant if you if you look back at all the different stories so far we've talked about it's always been a man and a people from the same tribe nation mm-hmm. that are moving with God yep hmm that's mm. that sounds yep. like Christ and, and the hidden one yes mm-hmm. the hidden ones yes uh, so with that in regards to Mo- Moses you know God says my servant Moses is dead so he he uh, points or he commissions Joshua mm. to uh take over from where Moses had stopped and move forward. The Lord is moving on. So he tells Joshua to be strong and of good courage, courageous. Mm-hmm. We know our Lord has all might, power, and strength, Amen. and he is courage. Yes. And Joshua went before or ahead of the people, like mm-hmm. Christ is before all creation, mm-hmm. and he's before the church. He's the firstborn from the dead. Right. Joshua was filled with wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, it says. And we know Christ Jesus was made for us to be wisdom. Yes. Wisdom from God, not wisdom from worldly books and philosophies. Yes. And this is interesting. In Joshua 111, it says, after three days, Joshua takes the people into the promised land to take possession Mm. of it. Three days, huh? Yeah, we know what happens on the third day when oh, somebody dear. rises from the dead. <laughs> Come on, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's ushering in the new covenant mm-hmm. going into that promised land, and he also is the promised land, so people go into him. Yeah. Joshua and the people of God expand by bringing in a person who is not of Israel mm-hmm. that speaks to Christ mm-hmm. and this the, 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 the hidden ones, mm-hmm. the Jew and the Gentile coming together as yes. one. Yes. That's Rahab, by the way, who was, they they specifically say the prostitute. Yes. But God, who doesn't care where you've been, he says, as long as you believe on me. Mm -hmm. And and her actions showed her belief in the the father. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Joshua and the people of God, people of God, not just Joshua, Joshua and the people of God take the Canaan land by By force. force. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a, a statement that it's called devote to destruction and when they went through all the different cities they were to destroy everything men women children animals the only thing they could keep was the silver because the silver is still there for salvation Mm. the gold Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and all of the precious stones all of those valuables was unto the lord we talk about the those building materials Mm -hmm. and so joshua and the people of god dwell in the promised land together and expand out from the promised land. So that's interesting to see that Joshua, like Christ and the people of God dwell together mm-hmm. in the promised land. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go, we're moving ahead. Hang on real quick before we move ahead. Cause there's this, I just, I just want to touch on the fact that there, there's this um, kind of movement. I don't know what to call it. Um, going on or, or growing amongst God's people about Jesus being a very, Jesus the pacifist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say and something. And when you see the story of Israel taking the Canaan land by force, yes, that paints the picture of a God that is scary mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. And so they, they want to, like, kind of wash that, that God away. Mm-hmm. With things like, well, well, the, the people misunderstood what God wanted because God loves man. God, mm-hmm. you know, and he tells us in the 
commandments not to murder. So right. how could he go around having them murder when he's told them not to murder? And obviously we got it wrong. And he's he's really anti, you know, force at all. He's anti anything that we think of as bad. And um, I think that just to bring hopefully a little bit of clarity to the picture is that um, – I'm going to start off with the fact that he's God, yeah. not us. Right. And when he asks us to do things we don't understand, I, I am, gosh, this is really slippery slope because mm. people would be like, oh, the Lord asked me to do this crazy, wacky thing. And I mm. didn't understand it, but I did it anyway. Um, mm. There's a story behind the story. Yes. That, that's what I want to say. There's yes. a story behind the story that most of Christianity has missed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That explains yep. why God asked what he what yes. he asked mm-hmm. and reveals his heart yes. Yes. Yeah. as well. Um, so, so if you don't know the story behind this story, give us a comment on the website and yes. we will give you resources to Tell help you better more. understand yeah. this yeah. picture. Um, but there – this this is not the people getting God wrong. Right. No. No. This is God's story. Yes. And he, yeah. he meant for, him, for them to destroy everything that was not of him. Yes. Because in this land, there is one thing, and that is his son. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It can only ever right. be his son. Yes. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. force. Yes. Jesus also said to Peter, I say to you, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the okay. gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. It's not a picture of Hades on the offense coming nope. toward Jesus. Right. It's actually the church. Christ moving towards and thwarting and pushing back and removing yes. the spiritual forces that had control over this world mm-hmm. for many, many years, yeah. however long exactly. that was. Exactly. It's not the gates of the church yes. that Hades won't prevail against. Yeah. Right. It's the gates of hell, which is a defensive stance. Well, it's a dis- yes. defensive yes. stance that does not move. Right. And they will not be able to resist yes. the, the work of the Lord. Dude, that's good. Because we are created in his image. We don't create him in our image. Right. Right. Folks, saints, we are uh, going through um, the yellow brick road, if you will, tracing the story of Christ. In the next hour, we got more of the road to go. So please, don't go anywhere. Unless it's to our website. (laughs) Tothesaints.com You're listening to... To the saints. I pointed at both of them. Neither one of them wanted to say anything. All right. We'll be back. Follow the yellow brick road. 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 We are following the yellow brick road here on To the Saints, tracing the story of Christ through different uh, Bible stories, if you will. Yes. Not all the ones we know. (laughs) Just some. (laughs) Just some of them. Thanks for tuning in uh, to To the Saints. We encourage you to go back and listen again at tothesaints.com. Online, we stream live right now at thebridge1120.com and also on the phone app. Check that out as well. My name is R.C., this is Tyrone. This is Andrew. This is Carrie. This is Bridget. And this is Allison. Fantastic. And so um, we've been going through, man, we've been through a lot so far. The garden, uh, the flood, mm-hmm. the Tower of Babel. It's all in the notes. You can look that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, and just before the break, we left off. We stopped with Joshua, and we're picking up with the call of David on the yellow brick road of seeing Mm -hmm. Christ in the scriptures, both concealed or in a shadow, and then ultimately revealed in the reality of who he is, along with the hidden one that we'll get to. Mm -hmm. And so with David, there's lots to talk about with David, but we had to boil it down. And so... We speak of him being born in the house of bread or Bethlehem, which is pretty significant because we know our Lord was born in the house of bread also, Bethlehem. And he was a man according to the father's heart. Mm -hmm. He was he was one who was called because the Lord fashioned him to have the, the heart of the father, which was to express his life through, of course, the son, eventually Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so. He says that David will do whatever I want him to do. That's a man according to the father's heart is one who will do what the father wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Difference between being having a heart for God. Yes. And being after God's heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. He was he was the anointed one of God chosen to lead the people of God. Mm -hmm. And we know Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Mm -hmm. And so. We know that Jesus Christ was anointed, chosen before the foundation of the world to be the one, to be the head, to be before, to be above, to be all uh, in this world and in the spiritual realm. Also, Mm -hmm. he was the eighth son. It's the story of Samuel coming to Jesse and (laughs) uh, upon the request of God to go and anoint a new king. So he goes to Jesse and he goes through all his sons and he says, do you have another one? Yeah. There was another one who was out in the, with the sheep. Yeah. The I got eighth, and the little one out back. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was ready. They, and he was, he had eyes good to look at or something. I forget specifically how it says, mm-hmm. but he's the eighth son. Eight is a specific number because it references new beginnings. So he's the son of new beginnings. And mm-hmm. we know Christ is the son of the new beginnings. He's the one who ushers in, brings in the new covenant, the Canaan land, fulfills the purposes of God Mm -hmm. and fills all things with himself by the life of the father. Um, We know he was a shepherd, king and priest. Mm -hmm. He was tending to the sheep when he was called to be anointed. He's a king because he's the king of Israel. And so Mm -hmm. that line actually is traced down through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's a priest because he's in the tabernacle and he's the only one that we know of that's not of the tribe of Levi mm-hmm. that can eat from the table of showbread mm-hmm. and live. <laughs> <laughs> so Christ is a shepherd. Yep. You know that we know and we hear his voice and we don't follow a stranger. Mm-hmm. He's the king because he's king of kings. Amen. There's no one above him because he's the highest. Yes. And he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. Somebody else will get to that part. I think it's Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> He's the high priest. He's the high priest mm-hmm. after the order of Mel- Yes. Christ, not Andrew. Not an- no, <laughs> not, not Andrew. Andrew's, he's just a priest. <laughs> Jesus is the high priest. Gotcha. <laughs> he came only in the name of the Lord of the divine council. That's what he said when he went, to, went out to slay the, the Goliath. Mm-hmm. I come in the name of the Lord. You come with spears and all of these other things are only come in one one person yes. in the person of the Lord. Yes. Jesus comes, what do you say, to do the will of who? The one who sent me, my father. I come only in his name. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think it's good to point out, you know, you just talked about David and Goliath. You know, David goes out to see his brothers. He takes some food 
And he's kind of calling them out to, don't you know who yeah, you are? Right, don't you, you're yes. chosen. You're called. Yes. Take on these people. Don't let them talk to you this way. Don't let them taunt you. Mm-hmm. You have the power of the most high God. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's echoing Caleb and Joshua. Right. Yeah. Yes. yes, he is. Because mm-hmm. he has that same spirit from, from above. Same. The yeah. same spirit, the same eye, yes. how he sees things. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's real good. He also overcame the people of God's greatest foe. Mm-hmm. And we know Christ overcame yes. the great foe, the, the yes. sin and mm-hmm. death, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the grave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also disarmed those rebellious sons of Done. God, yeah. mm-hmm. the devil. Mm-hmm. Done. Done. Finished. Yes. And after he overcame, then he actually, it actually encouraged the people to then move forward and go and take all of the other mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. What is it? Philistines mm-hmm. that were coming against them along with Goliath. Well, this is after Goliath's head is cut off, by the way. <laughs> That's what the Lord does. He he cuts the head off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yep. source. Yes. Yes. He also ushered in an age of dwelling, dwelling, fellowshipping and worshiping amongst the Ark of the Covenant with the people of God freely without a veil. Mm-hmm. Yes. What? Yeah, I'm, that's that. I'm just that's if say something else because that that right there is just mm-hmm. we could fellas. That's 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 a picture of Christ. That sounds familiar. And the hidden one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they could freely worship face to face, face to face. God Without in the triune Godhead, yes. Without yeah. a veil. In yeah. fact, the veil was rent. That wasn't yeah. the yeah. case when Jesus. Yeah, Jesus says, or uh, Paul says, the veil was Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I know that there are many believers out there who have no clue of the Tabernacle of David. Yes. And and that experience that the people of God had. So we will also put a resource on the website to a talk that they can listen to that explains that whole season of God's people of this beautiful, um, unhindered fellowship Mm -hmm. between God and his people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Come on. So there's a there's a lot more, and I, I hope those who are listening can go back and read the story of David and all these what we've been talking about, and, mm-hmm. and ask the Lord to show Christ. Yeah. Yes, because no one knows the, the the Son except the Father. Mm-hmm. Right. So ask the Father to reveal the Son. Oh yes, yes. And it is His pleasure to reveal. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I love that. Amen. Reveal. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> all right, moving up the road, we're talking about now captivity in Babylon. Another captivity? Yes. (laughs) Over and over and over. (laughs) You know, and, um, you know, one of the things, you know, with captivity, there's a lot that we can say about this, but one I'm just going to kind of focus on here is, you know, Israel was to be a blessing to the nations, Mm -hmm. and the nations were to come to know God through her. Yes. But she wasn't fulfilling that duty very well. And so one of the ways in which God was trying to help her... do this was to allow her to be captive in Babylon. He allowed her to be taken there. And he's like, you know what? I'm, if you can't do this, I'm going to show you how, and I'm going to put you there, and I'm going to help you figure this out with me. Yes. He didn't leave her, you know, and so right. it would be 70 years in Babylon. And believe you me, those people and kings got to know the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he was always with her. You see this through Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel. Daniel, I, you, know, yes. you kind of see that, you know, him working hand in hand with this king, you know, Nebuchadnezzar got to know the God of Israel through Daniel and Daniel would only do what the father asked him to do and say to this king, you know, and so, you know, you see the typical story of, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, 
you know, he gets thrown in there and, but, you know, the, the lion's mouths are shut, you know, and that's Christ there with him protecting him. Mm-hmm. You know, we could call it anything else, but it is Christ because Christ is to fill all things. Yes. So it's Christ there that was protecting him in that den, um, you know, in which through that event, you know, that king got to know that God, mm-hmm. you know, the God of Israel. And we also see it, too, with um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you know, when they're forced to not give up their beliefs of the Lord and they're, you know, put into the fire and stuff. And there was this fourth person in there with them. Yes. And it was an angel. But it's Christ. Yes. Christ is with him, you know, with his people, always keeping them from being um, burnt consumed yes um you know and so god was actually training israel to become who she was meant to be um and that you know and that training ground he just happened to use was babylon at this time he was training her to you know learn to draw from his life learn to speak his name and you know act on his things and build you know faith in her that she could do these things right i mean the only thing i want to add to what you're talking about and this just ties in with so many things we've been talking about today is you have this king nebuchadnezzar who's trying to make a name for himself, yeah. a king on earth. Yep. And he's drawing people to him, and he wants everyone to worship him. Mm-hmm. And you have these these, uh, these Israelites mm-hmm. who uh, are chosen ones who mm-hmm. believe on the promise, yeah. and they say, no, we're not going to bow down. Yeah. No. No, we're not going to, to eat how you guys eat. Nope. And so they they themselves are believing on this promise yes they're actively believing on this promise and taking some of the brunt of it as you know as well Mm -hmm. Um, but learning how to be with the lord or the lord protecting them or keeping them even by keeping their his promise yeah um and so um you know and then when god's done with this particular training time i'm going to call it that Mm -hmm. sure um you know he said okay now it's time to come back Mm -hmm. you know now it's time to come back and to rebuild my temple yeah um, and he uses the king Cyrus, who was predicted about 200 years before he was even born to be the shepherd that would do this. Wow. Um, you Just know, you a see it in testimony. Yeah. Yes. Our God really is the beginning and the end and the center and all of it. Yes. yes. He's in control. Mm. He's in control. And he's capable. Mm-hmm. I think from this, you know, just kind of walking through a lot of this, that's what popped in my He's capable of managing his purpose and his people, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing them into his purpose. In and spite so, of us. In spite of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you can see this in Isaiah forty four twenty eight when it says, and it is I who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. Whoa. And he will perform all my desires. Wow. And he declares of Jerusalem, she will be built. <laughs> Dude, she I will be built. <laughs> I know. And of the temple, your foundation will be laid. Man. That is Jesus Christ. That foundation is Jesus Big Christ. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and wow. so you got this king who's an earthly shadow of the shepherd who is going to bring their people into, you know, back into Jerusalem to start building because she will be built. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so. So why is he calling them back, though? You know, I, just to point out, I like mm-hmm. how Andrew says, just to underline. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would just like to underline here. You know, yes, he's using Babylon as a training ground. You know, mm-hmm. it's cap, but it's captivity. Yes. His mm-hmm. people aren't free. really free to be his no. people. Right. Okay. But he's using it, yes. But this isn't his purpose. Right. Yes. His no, intent. No. His purpose is back here in the promised land in Jerusalem 
in his temple. He's like, hey, come on back and build my temple. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, yes, this is being used and it's great, but it's not his intent. Yeah. It's no. not his purpose. That's no. why he's calling them back. Come on back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Come back to it, me. It's, it's really only his training ground because the people were refusing. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To, to live out of the, the fullness of what he was offering them. Yeah. Yes. Um, so he yeah. gave them over to themselves, mm-hmm. but he still gained his purpose in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now he's saying, come back to my original purpose, mm-hmm. um, which is my house, um, yeah. my city. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, that you'll see that played out just for information. You'll see it played out in Ezra 1, 1 through 4, you know, where... Uh, Cyrus, the king of Persia, is ordered to fulfill the word of God by the mouth of Jeremiah. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia, so that he sent a proclamation throughout the kingdom and also put it in writing. Thus saith Cyrus, the king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem." Well, how, what, who does that sound like? Mm-hmm. Who has been the one that has been appointed to, mm-hmm. you know, have all the kingdoms of the earth and be appointed to build his house? Yep. I will build my church in the new Jerusalem. Yep. All yeah. dominion. He's got, you know, he has it all, you know, and it's not only that that he has it all, but he's also going to shepherd the people to do it. Wow. He's going to yes. lead the people to do it. And he's going to be that unlimited resource for them to give them whatever they need to be able to accomplish this person. And that yes. person that's been given to us today is jesus christ um so really we do see quite quite a bit of you know this um reality being fulfilled you know in christ today yes so they head back to the promised land to rebuild the city and the temple but only a very small number not all of them no they don't they like what they get despite the fact that it's captivity yeah, despite the fact that it's captivity, they have been allowed to create their own lives there. They've been able to have their own houses. They've been able to have their own businesses. And they have been able to erect synagogues mm-hmm. and therefore continue the practice mm-hmm. of worshiping God, mm-hmm. even though God wasn't dwelling among them. The form. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had the form, but they did not have the life. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so to to leave that. And go back to the to the promised land to rebuild a city that has literally been destructed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not uh, just for a little bit, like seventy years destructed. So right, you know, yeah. it, it is literally laying <laughs> in ruins. Yes, it's been destructed. I know that word's not right, but I can't think of the right one right <laughs> now. Destroyed. Is that like decapitated? Yes, <laughs> yes it's like decapitated. We know decapitated. Now. It was an e word, right? <laughs> uh, yes, literally been destroyed. That's a costly mm. call mm-hmm. to leave my comfortable life, my yes. house, my business. You know, um, to leave this this practice of worship where I can feel okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to, to to lay all of that down and go back to a city that is destroyed, mm-hmm. um, to live a life different from what I had been living because mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a nice, comfortable house, a nice, yeah. comfortable business anymore. And the reality is that only 2%, only 2% of Israel went back. A, yeah. remnant, a remnant. Only 2%. Yeah. 
smattering of all of yeah. Israel had <laughs> the desire to um, not had the desire. I'm not even going to say it that way. Only two percent decided to choose yeah. the Lord's heart. Yes, answer yes. the call. Mm-hmm. Yes, willing to answer the call. The call. Yes. Yes. yes, good word. Willing. We're willing. We're willing. Yes. Saw that the Lord didn't have. Uh, what his heart's desire was. Whenever Israel was dwelling in the promised land, in freedom, yes. God in scripture is called the God of heaven and earth. Yes. But anytime Israel is in captivity or is not, is whether outside of the promised land or in captivity inside the promised land, God is just the God of heaven. Yes. Mm-hmm. He has no home yes. on earth. Right. Yeah. And he wants a home on earth. We know this from the very beginning. <laughs> his, his people dwell in his, his land. Heaven is my home. Earth yeah. is my footstool. Yeah. And the house? We, we've seen it as we've been walking this road, how he keeps coming back to that. Mm-hmm. He keeps he he is unrelentless right. in this pursuit. Yes. And we see a, a company of people who go back so that the Lord's heart can be fulfilled, Lord's desire can be fulfilled. And they start by rebuilding the wall, which I actually saw the wall as a picture of the blood of Christ because it, it's like, um, you know, in the reality, God has God has laid a wall around his people yeah. through the blood of Christ. Yes. Nice. There's, there's this defense around his people mm-hmm. um, as they continue the work of building the city and the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have in Nehemiah. The mm-hmm. kind of the governor, king type person. And we have in Ezra, the priest, mm-hmm. the picture of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. Christ leading his company mm-hmm. um, in fulfilling the, fulfilling the Father's purpose, mm-hmm. fulfilling God's purpose. Yeah. And, and sorry, there, were, uh, there was opposition to that. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, their enemies didn't want them rebuilding those walls. Exactly. Yes. And so Bridget talking about this uncomfortable life. They were rebuilding with a trowel in one hand and a sword in another. Mm-hmm. And the sword is such a picture of so many things we see throughout Scripture. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like you know, Bridget was talking about, and R.C. just mentioned, it wasn't that they were going back to an easy life. Yeah. No. You know, they were leaving something. And then when they got back, do you think the enemy wants a temple rebuilt? Right. <laughs> no. He doesn't want God to be God of heaven and earth. No. 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 Because he wants to be God he of wants heaven. God of, yeah. yeah. Give me the earth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they started rebuilding by placing the altar where the previous altar was, and then they started building the temple, and then they came into this conflict, and it's the same thing with us. We have the way of the cross, yeah. the church is built, and there's conflict. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so th- one other thing I wanted to point out on this, because I think, at least for me, it's been so clear as we've kind of been walking this road, how the Lord is the one who maintains this. Yes. yes. It is the Lord. And we see it because he, he <laughs> stirs up the spirit of someone yep. and we he gains some ground in his purpose and then we screw it up. Yep. And he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes again. And even in this, you know, the people rebuild the wall in 52 days, but then they they start focusing on their house. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. They start building their own house. Yeah. Okay, the wall's built. Yes. Now we're going to build our houses. Yeah. And and they, they put off the temple longer. Yes. And they put off the temple longer. Mm. Here comes until, Haggai. Yes, uh, until the Lord has yes. to once again bring someone to be like, folks. <laughs> hello. You know, hello. <laughs> you came back to build the Lord's house, not Over yours. <laughs> you're, taking, you're taking care of your houses while my house lays in ruins. Right. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 
Man. He said something, and me and RC looked at each other, and we liked the word you used for God and His His purpose. He's relentless. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. That, that's a perfect description. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's a relentless that, pursuer, relentless mm-hmm. pursuer at all mm-hmm. costs. Mm-hmm. Literally, I mean, from from the garden which we traced, we started with yes, he so much so that he created man, you know, to to and then as it, as it went and everything kept falling apart. He is there to pursue her back. Pursue yes. her back. Ooh, wow, me. Yeah. Only two percent, though. Mm. Only two percent. Wow. I know. And that made me think too. Think, thinking about the only two percent. Um, a lot of times I know in Christianity we think the things that are the big things of God. Oh. When God moves, it's big. Mm. It's yes. huge. Yes. It's enormous. And actually, it's always been very small. Mm-hmm. In a way of only 2%, you know? Yeah. Small and insignificant. So that doesn't even look a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to learn more about how small and insignificant You know, like, that so is when the here. Lord yeah. actually does something, it isn't, it's in the small things that mm-hmm. are actually big because it's an up, his world is upside down compared yeah. to ours. Yes. And so we can be looking for the big, but miss the small, which yep. actually is the big. Yes. Well, and it's also having our minds renewed and our sight changed because. That old mindset is that it's in the physical. Yes. That it has to be big. Yes. Yep. But oftentimes it looks small in the physical, but spiritually, spiritually something huge. big is in happening. In the real realm, which we talked about earlier, yes. in the reality, yes. the more real than what we see here, yes. it's the big deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just what Carrie said about the Lord moving in these small things in Deuteronomy, it's, Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 8, it says, The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you, the Israelites, because you are more in number than any of the other peoples. Right. For you were the fewest of all peoples. Yes. Yes. And then he has his promise. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath, which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out of a, by a mighty hand, mm-hmm. and he redeemed you from the house of slavery. Yes. Yeah. Lord mm. Jesus. Wasn't like, was David the runt? Joseph was the runt. There, I mean, the runt of the litter, the small ones. Mm-hmm. That's David. Yeah. yeah. David. Are the ones that the Lord... Tends to use. I wonder yeah. why. Because <laughs> it proves his power. It proves his power. It's not by the power of yes. the person, the right. tool. Yeah, so we it's won't look at the physical. Of, yes. Yes. We won't concentrate on the physical of, oh, well, of course he beat that person. Mm-hmm. Because in the physical, he's big and muscular. No, it's the opposite. Yep. We will look to him. Yes. yes. Wow. Dude, come on. Yep. Lord. <laughs> Lord, you are great. Amen. Yeah. But because only a remnant went back, it led to something. A, what we have now, silence. Yes. <laughs> silence. Led to silence. Yeah, it moves right into uh, 400 years of silence. Basically, the so- second temple period, um, we don't have any any scripture it's kind of between the old testament and the new testament it's it's, it's even though it's one story this what? is a little segment in between What's where there's the not Tyrone used intertestamental <laughs> <laughs> yes the intertestamental period <laughs> and so it's this time after the remnant returned from babylon um, and the temple had been rebuilt mm-hmm. and there's just no testimony um written testimony that we have so the question is why um one thought was that God did not need to speak to his people through the prophets anymore. And why is that? 
Well, because this was a time of preparation for the one to come. Yes. He himself, God himself, was soon coming in the form of his son, Jesus. So if we go to Hebrews 1, 1 through 2, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's wonderful. And before the years of silence, there was a few prophets that prophesied. Because that's what prophets prophesied of a future coming Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's almost it's the 400 years of silence in many ways is preparation, but also an incubation period mm-hmm. where there is invisible work taking place that can't mm-hmm. be seen. Probably work in the spiritual realm. work in mm-hmm. the spiritual realm. And then we then later see. Christ on the scene in the flesh to be the reality functioning of what was foretold in the future. Also, it could be seen as at least I like this one too. God himself in a wilderness experience where he's used these people up to this point and he's finished because he's about ready to introduce something new. Yes, A new season. And so everything else drops off and stops. Yep. So that all is remaining is the new season, yeah. which is Christ Jesus. Amen. So, Amen. So that, always, sorry. No, that was. I was just going to say that was, that's that's wonderful because when we first looked at four hundred years of silence, we were just like hey, silent. What can we see? And just like, oh no, I'm there too in yeah. the silence. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Still small voice. Wasn't yes. there something that saying in the fullness of times? Wasn't there a yes? yes. Yeah, referring to. Like there, there was this idea of like this, like a filling up of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yes. like when yes. the fullness of time was come, will yeah. come. You know, then it then it released it. Yes. You know, then he Amen. began the second. Yes, you know, that's good. Nice. Yeah. So when we say the four hundred years of silence, we're not saying that nobody spoke for four hundred years. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. They were all. <laughs> it's, it's not a monastic vow. They all took no. a vow of silence. <laughs> it was that. Yeah, as as Tyrone and Allison have pointed out. This intertestamental. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's yes. <laughs> Second temple period is more common. The, the intertestamental is that's like a yeah, it's an academic thing. So we're very academic on this show, Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> See how that works. <laughs> well, saints, man. We've gone through the old and intertestamental periods, <laughs> <laughs> tracing this uh, yellow brick road of Christ and a hidden character. Hopefully, hopefully next time, next week, we'll get back to the newer testamental time and even uh, reveal this hidden character we've talked about. Yes. Yeah. But when we come back now after the break, we had a question on the website we want to answer. Yes? Yes. yes. All right. <laughs> so we're going to answer Lisa's question uh, from this week on the on the website. If you have a question, you can submit it at tothesaints.com. Yes? yes. That's tothesaints.com. Dot com. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of To the Saints. This is R.C. This is Tyrone. <laughs> and this is Andrew. This is Carrie. 
This is Bridget. And this is Allison. 